You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is the story of, well, Indiana Jones and a crystal skull. Go figure. Or is it? Welcome back to the Always It Movie Podcast, where we try to find the real story behind the story. I'm Sean Taylor. And with my fedora on, my bullwhip handy, I'm Mean Mark. Damn fedoras <laughs> coming back. <laughs> uh, and today we're taking a look at Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull from 2008. Um, welcome to the show, and this hurts all the way through. Harrison Ford. I immediately regret my dis- my suggestion of doing this movie because of that. <laughs> I love Harrison Ford. Kate Blanchett. Why? Karen Allen. Ray Winstone. And Sir John Hurt. Are we welcoming back Shia LaBeouf? Yes, we are. From Eagle Eye. Oh, that's right, Eagle Eye. I think there was another one he was in, but I can't I can't quite remember. That's all right. One's enough. One is enough. Yeah. So. Get the welcome back from us. Yeah. <laughs> Let's face facts, folks. Uh, folks, a lot of times we like to do a, uh, a synopsis for you, but it's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You've seen this movie. And that's why you're here. If you haven't, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to bother clicking on this. So, yeah. uh, by the way, uh, Tex couldn't be here. She's actually uh, out on uh, an archaeological dig of her own. Uh you know, I, I feel bad for whichever government regime gets in her way. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn Ruskies. <laughs> I was thinking Trump. Hey! Ah. <laughs> well, this time around, the red threat is Tex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. And that's the only interesting part about this movie, is that actually we get away from Nazis and into the, the, the old red though? scare. <laughs> Is it though you're just, you're just trading one world evil for another? Yeah, the the old Red Scare, the Cold War. Yeah, it, but yeah. See, I mean, like the original Cold War. Yeah, but it's but it's a Cold War. That's the problem with it. I have it's it's a Cold War. Like there's no actual war. It's just spies. And and that's the thing. That's isn't it though? Like, why is Indiana Jones all of a sudden a spy? Yeah, and the, there's a scene in this movie where they said that he does, like, tours in wartime. Uh, or something, or he's yeah. he's been on spy and... missions, and I'm like, that would be interesting. Yeah, where are those stories? Yeah. Of him in the, the, the late us about... 40s, early, early 50s, yeah. Yeah, like, quit telling us about better movies in your shitty movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so weird that they, I mean, at, at the point he's being in... Uh, I know what you're talking about. The scene where he's getting interrogated by these government G-men, as they used to call them. Mm-hmm. One of them played by the janitor from Scrubs, might I add. Okay. A great actor, but I mean, when you've just watched Scrubs since 2005 or whatever, like... <laughs> uh, I've never watched Scrubs, so I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, this is... Yeah, this... To be fair, this... Okay, can we both agree that the only two good Indiana Jones movies... Are Raiders and Crusade? Yes. Okay. In fact, I have it rated uh, Raiders, Crusade, Temple of Doom, 
we'll see what's after this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know because there's there's a lot. I don't know. There's a lot in Temple of Doom that I don't like. Uh, I could probably name them. Uh, Charlie and Short Round. <laughs> Charlie and Short Round, good start. Yeah. Um, there's the villains. There's the ridiculous um, cart scene. Oh, I kind of like that. That was yeah, fun. That dumb. Just the whole thing. Oh, when you're a kid, that's fun. That's yeah, fun when you're as a hell. kid, that's fun. Okay, I'll give you that. But yeah, um, I watched them all as adult, as an adult. So right, right, right. Uh, actually, the first one I saw was Crusade, so I got spoiled there. Well, okay. the The reason why I rank Temple of Doom a little bit higher is because it still deal it still deals with um, uh, something in the mystic realm. Like you have the first and third are Christianity. Okay. Right, and there's all kinds of supernatural stuff that happens around Christianity. Temple of Doom is around, uh, you know, kind of uh, like a in Indian spiritualism and, uh, you know, mysticism. There, do you know what I mean? Like from yeah. other, like other religions, if you will. Yeah. This one takes a hard left turn. Well, I wouldn't even say it's a hard left turn. I mean, let's 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 be honest here. Uh, in in the world of the Indiana Jones movies. The following are real. The Ark of the Covenant, thus the Bible. God, yeah. Magic. Thanks yeah. The Temple of Doom. King Arthur and the Legend of Camelot. Yeah. Uh, and now with this movie, The Lost City of El Dorado. Yes. And Aliens. Uh, right. That's what I mean, though. It, mo- it moves from like spiritual mysticism into just... <coughs> Interdimensional aliens. Okay, but I'm sorry, but this is he's a scientist, is he not? I don't know anymore, to be honest, after seeing this. Like, <laughs> like it's it's really weird to me that a, a movie who has a scientist as a main character. Right, facts, right? Not not yeah. fiction and yeah, yeah, yeah. Whose job is based in facts proves that all this proves stuff nothing. is real. And, well, yes, yeah, that's right. In his world, they are. That's the thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like you open up the covenant, you get your face melted, dude. You, you, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. you, you, you choose the wrong cup, and you don't live forever. You die immediately. It's yeah, you know. Right, uh, yeah, all of that stuff, and all the while hating snakes for some reason. That's his big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and to be honest, most of this movie is pretty good, and most of it feels like an Indiana Jones movie. Agreed. Um, there's just parts of this movie that just, oh man, a, a, well, lo- a lot of it is throwback to the originals, callbacks. Yeah, yeah like the time where they, they're going through that at the beginning of the movie, they're going through and they find, uh, or they smash open a crate and there's the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, you know, um, or the picture of uh, his dad. Yes, which screamed out to me. Uh, uh, just so you know, people, FYI, Sean Connery retired. So that's right. That's yep. here he is, uh, and the other guy died. So, uh, so we have a big statue to him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and okay. Let's go to let's go straight to the uh, to the elephant in the room, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Now this is uh, one year after the original Transformers movie. Right, so someone thought it was a good idea. Let's get that kid. Hey, he was in the biggest blockbuster of the year. 
so <laughs> that 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 doesn't make him perfect, you know. Uh, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Um, uh, okay, and you know what? I'll back off from from Shia because I'm not saying he's a bad actor or anything. And you know, they say there are no bad parts; there's only bad actors. I don't always believe that because I think there can be the only. I think there's there some bad be, parts. Can be the other way around. That what this movie obsesses on is the is the fifties. It is a fifties movie as you can get everything from the Russians to the obsession with Area Fifty One. That's why it's got to be all about aliens. Uh, and then greasers. the whole grease, yeah. greasers. Yeah, yeah. So we've got you know, but why mutt? That I don't get. It is a fifties name. You had Mutt and Jeff back then. Okay. Right. But I would think in the drink grand tradition of I don't know of Indiana Jones that you would think that the character Marion would have named his son something a little <laughs> closer to well she does she names him Henry right but you think it would be I don't know, like Colorado Jones I don't know like, <laughs> <laughs> or Indiana maybe Indiana Jones well well no that's taken well, true. Indiana Jones Jr., right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that was another thing, too, like because uh, Harrison Ford at the end calls Shia LaBeouf Jr. And he goes, oh, yeah. somewhere your grandfather is laughing. I'm like, oh. Yes, thank yeah. you for reminding us that Sean Connery's not in this movie. Yeah, that, that he was in the better one. Yeah, like, don't <laughs> remind me that he's in this movie, okay? You already have Kate Blanchett, you're ruining her. Well, I, the other thing too is that the, the character of Mutt is such a petulant child. Yeah, he's being played by a grown ass man. Yeah, I wasn't so much against Shia as, as I was when I first watched this movie. Um, maybe it's because I had to watch it in double speed just to get in time for <laughs> ready to record this podcast. Right, right, right. Yes, uh, yeah. there were some yeah. scheduling issues. Um, and and by, by confession, this was my idea to do this one, to, uh, because they did recently announce that Indy Five is on its way. Yes, yes, and Shia will not be a part of it. No, I guess they're going to try and get they're going to have a young lady. Oh, not a daughter. No, no, not necessarily a daughter, but like as a uh, as the the mentee, I guess. No, they don't need a mentee. Well, they got to pass the torch no, to somebody. No, they don't. No, they don't. That, <laughs> they that's my that. problem with these with these Hollywood movies. You don't need to pass the torch. Sometimes the movie is just good enough on its own. And yeah, and sometimes uh, you know, all good things must come to an end. Thank you. Yes, that's you know, Robert Zemeckis's kids said they would never allow anyone to remake Back to the Future, and I stand by that decision. I like it. Yeah, because I say don't. I mean, Back to the Future three. Say what you will about it, but. One in, at least one is good enough on its own. Like maybe the special effects won't hold up, but I mean, as far as the movie itself, it's a good, entertaining movie, and I think anybody here or in the future can enjoy it. And you know what? It, it doesn't rely on special effects enough that it doesn't matter. What few effects there are are fine. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't. You don't. You don't need to update the car going eighty-eight miles an hour. Yeah. Fuck it. They well, used real part fire. Of the joke. They they used real fire behind the car. Yay! Good. Yeah. People learn how to do this shit before computers. Like don't <laughs> don't worry about it. 
Well, I mean, they CGI'd it in in between their legs, so. Whatever. Yeah, that's such no, a minor. That is such a minor detail compared to the overall story and how good it is. Yeah. It's not just the story; it's the characters, it's the actors' delivery. I mean, they were they replaced Eric Stoltz early on because he wasn't working out, and they got you know, Michael they J. Got a better cast. So they got Michael J. Fox, a better cast. So I mean, and I think that's what they're trying to do now with this fifth Indiana Jones. Like, okay, you didn't like Mutt, we'll try something else for Indy's big send off. I, I I kind of am okay if they pull it off and it's good again. I'm kind of okay with them going back for a good indie send-off. Maybe not the torch pass. Yeah, I'm not confident in it. I'll be going in with a suspicious mind. I'll be going open, but I'll go in suspicious. Um, and that's because well, I mean, of this movie. Um, to, let's get, let's get to this to be, movie. Well, to be fair, in Last Crusade, they literally are heroes right off into the sunset in what was supposed to be the Last Crusade, and I thought that was a perfect ending for those characters. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like the like the whole ending credits is them just running for miles on yeah. on horseback into this riding into the sunset. I loved it, but anyway. Yeah. But but the character Mutt though, I, the the whole thing with him being so petulant, like it's supposed to represent that fifties youth rebellion, but it's just not working for me. At what time, at what point during a person do you realize that you're out of your depth and you should start listening to the guy who actually has done this before? Yeah. Yeah. As, about the as guy a, that saved the world three times? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who who almost single-handedly defeated Hitler? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Practically, you know. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, at what point do you do you start listening? Like do you just realize okay, you you do this all the time? Great. Whatever do you need? Yeah. I'm going to take, you know, yeah. I I think the uh, this whole and the marital strife and everything like oh, that. Oh, that like, was I, the worst part was the oh, the no, you never called me and I can't believe you dated after me and I can't believe you got married after me. Fuck. I agreed with the Russian. Will you guys <laughs> shut up? Thank you. I'm like, thank you. Somebody said it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is that the the fighting used to be during their their reprieve moments. Like, sure, it was a little bit like this. This isn't really important right now. Situation, but to have it in the middle of being hogtied and you know pretty much slid for execution. Yeah. Like and, and numerous times too. I guess that was my issue. If it was yeah. just the one time, in, 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 like in the back of the truck, fine. But um, it was like over and over again. It's like ugh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, if you, if you have just the once to basically like be the distraction, that's a that's always a classic, right? The couple gets into a fight yeah. as a distraction. The bad guys don't know how to handle it. They get uncomfortable, and then the, one of them gets socked in the jaw or whatever. Yeah, and and we're out of here. But. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. That's yeah. fine. But to just have a, cons- they're in the quicksand. They're on the truck. They're in the quicksand. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, yeah. No, that's part. But like, some of this doesn't even make any sense, too. So, so the whole idea is, is they found an alien that crash landed in Roswell. Yeah. Okay. So then they go and they find the crystal skull. Which eventually gets put back on to the head of one of the 13 aliens in that room. Except it was taken from a body at the warehouse in Area 51. Not the head. No, not the head. The body was, I think the body of the alien was taken from it. But here's what I don't understand is what happens to that body? And what significance does that body have? The one in the temple or the one in the in Roswell? No, the one in Roswell. 
Yeah, because that's the opening of it. Once they get on mission, is to get the get the the crystal skull, which was taken off a body in Roswell. Right. And but it gets put on another body in Area Fifty One. Or I mean, in the in the uh, sorry, in the temple. In the temple, yeah. In El Dorado. Well, well who's the fuck's head was it? But didn't why, they, why does that? I thought they made reference to they found another crystal skull. Which we never see. Which we never see. Well, but no, but it's not even—it's not even a real crystal skull because all of the aliens, the other twelve aliens, have their heads. Yeah, so it's okay to transplant Gleepglorp's head from Roswell and put it on Zerpnop's head in El Dorado. I don't know. That, I, that's I, I that completely confused me. I was like, shouldn't shouldn't there have been basically like like the initial skull in Roswell should have been just that, just the skull. Yeah. Why would you just rip it? Why would you not take the whole body first of all? If you're, if you're a Russian scientist who's that fascinated, well, they that do. Shit. They they do take the body. That's the Russians what, take the body. Yeah, that's that. That's what they're taking out of the uh, out of Roswell. But they don't. But right. they don't do anything with it. They don't. They don't. Like it, it never comes back. Yeah, let's say if my skull gets put on your body, so what? It's yeah. not you. And well, it's exactly. not me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are we doing here? So somebody's still missing a head. What I really don't understand is how does an alien head help Russia win the Cold War? Oh, it had um, superpowers. Okay, of, of information. Uh, the ability to control men. Right, the ability to control minds, right? Right, so I think they were trying to, they wanted to weaponize it into some sort of Mind control. They can Manchurian candidate somebody. You know, you get 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 the president in the right room, and all of a sudden, with the crystal skull, and all of a sudden, now he works for you. I guess. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I don't know. And that's part of the. And that's and the weirdest part for me. I mean, the the other movies had a nice balance of characterization, uh, interpersonal conflict, but then the overall arcing mission. This one, I think, leans too heavily on the first two, and we kind of lose sight of what the skull can do or why it's so important. Yeah. Because the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was so power... Uh, so, sorry. I mean, the f we, we've eliminated Temple of Doom, all right? So we're, I'm not yeah. going to be talking about that one anymore. I mentioned Short Ren and Charlie. But at least... Uh, the ones that were good, right? They took these these holy artifacts, and there was stakes to them that you can actually extrapolate. Okay, the Ark of the Covenant is very powerful. It's it's shown in in pictures and stuff like that that were drawn about it being able to wipe out fields of people and just like that, right? Sure. Uh, the the cup of eternal life. If Hitler got a hold of that and he could live forever, oh, the the terror he could reign. Right. That fairly feasible. This thing is kind of innocuous. What the fuck can it do? What what do we need it for? Yeah, like okay, so you want to like so you mentioned something about how you can um, read the minds of your enemy from halfway across the world. You can send information to someone else thousands of miles away. Telephones. <laughs> oh, and for, okay, and secondly, uh, to your point. In the other two, we get examples of that. 
right? We have the picture of something that actually happened while the ark was being carried to its destination. We have the stories of Jesus in the Bible and and actual and resurrection. Right. We don't see this thing do anything. We don't see someone reading the mind of the president from a, you know yeah. around, halfway around the world or and, and and that's the thing is like she she stays behind and she's like, "Oh, tell me, I want to know." And then she does get the power and then blow up. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. So yeah. she was trying to weaponize something that she didn't know whether or not she could actually weaponize it. That's pretty lame to me. I mean, just the fact that it's aliens. Like this is um we have mutual friends. Um two friends, both have the same first name. I won't out them on the show. Um but one of them hadn't seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and was saying, "No, no, please don't spoil anything." And the other one said, well, "Okay, I have seen it." Uh, and I won't spoil anything, but I'll just say one word. Aliens. I'm like, that's a spoiler. <laughs> that spoiled everything. Like, that spoils the everything. That's that's the big twist of this movie. Like, I seem to remember this uh, conversation. I think I was there for that one. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think you were there for that, but we may have told the story a couple of times. Yeah. We tend to do that around the fire. We do. Yeah, it's true. We do. We drink and tell the same stories over and over again like old men. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what you do in Canada. Um, <laughs> so, but that's the thing. Like, I, I think that, and, and there's a lot of things in this movie that everyone got kind of goes crazy for. Um, one of them is the fact that it's aliens, which I, yes, is ridiculous. And yes, I hated when I first saw it too. But then after thinking about it, it's like, well, you've already done the Bible twice. You've done King Arthur. You've done magic. Where else do you go? Jewish mysticism? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, do you go back? Uh, do you Scientology? <laughs> you know? Well, uh, to be honest, I mean, there's probably some a- ancient, uh, maybe Asian artifacts that date back to, that that could have done something similar. Do you know what I mean? Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Dragon Skull? Hell, I would have taken a dragon thing. That would have been kind of cool. Granted, sure the cave the, the the drag I don't know. There was talk of um, uh, the spear of destiny was always bandied about. The spear of destiny. What's that? S- the spear of destiny. Yeah, it was supposed to. Uh, it was the the uh, so again the the idea was to kind of complete the, basically a religious trilogy of this. And the spear of destiny is the spear that the Roman soldier used when he was checking to see if Jesus was dead. He stabbed him in the side. Okay. So because that spear had the blood of Jesus on it, it was a powerful artifact. Okay. That's kind of the story in a nutshell. But again, something that's like this idea of a religious artifact, religion being based around peace, being weaponized. Right. Okay. But I guess they they decided not to do Christianity again, so we get aliens. Well, I'm kind of happy they didn't go that way because obviously they don't know how poison darts work. (laughs) <laughs> go on <laughs> well because one I guess there's they go into uh, him and Mutt go into the uh, this sort of dig site or this some kind of site and there's this is where they find the crystal skull um, and there's a sign that says uh, grave robbers will be shot no this is in yeah in Peru in the uh, in the Amazon right oh yeah so 
And then they're attacked by some ninja guy, some native ninja guy. Yeah. Who's never explained. No, he was kind of guarding the temple, the guardian of the, that, that grave site. Yeah. Okay. We don't, we don't know why. And if he is the guardian, what did he write the sign that grave robbers will be shot even though he doesn't have a gun? <laughs> uh, maybe that was the first attempt at defense. I don't know. <laughs> okay, but anyway, so this guy has a this guy has a, has a dart as a blow dart gun, which is basically just a long hollow tube with a poison tipped dart. Okay, and he goes to blow the dart at Child Above, but uh, Indiana Jones pops up on the other side of the uh, tube and blows it directly back into his throat. Yeah. And he dies instantly. First things first. Poison darts are not poisoned on both sides. <laughs> that would be that would be rather risque. Yes, because for you, for the user, because you couldn't load it. <laughs> Secondly, we see the dart is clearly sticking out of the man's mouth, so he there's no poison touching him. No, not at all. So there's no reason for him to die instantly. The only way that joke works is if he's actually choking on it. Which he's not. He's, no, not, no. he's not alive long enough. No, you're right. Okay, all right. Uh, may I add, though, since you brought that up, and you're right, there's no expl- there's no good explanation for it. I, I'm not I'm not going to defend that. You're right. They did. They got it all wrong. Right. This does, however, give us an opportunity to welcome back to the show Ernie Reyes Jr. Was that Ernie Reyes Jr.? That was Ernie Reyes Jr. Oh, we shit. we saw him in uh, in 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was in the suit as Donatello. Yep. He was also in his own role in two. In yeah, in Secret of the Ooze, he came back. That's right. Played Kino. That's right. Um, I did like in the beginning where he's describing Kate Blanchett and he's like, uh, they're like, well, describe her. He's like, uh, she's uh, tall, thin, mid thirties, carries a sword. And they're like, ah, we know it. This girl, bang, done. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> tall, thin, mid thirties and bang, you know, or was it the sword that tipped her off? I'm going to say it was the sword. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm I'm on the wiki here trying to figure out the uh, the whole crystal skull thing. Uh, so apparently that character, Spalco, played by Blanchett, believes that the crystal skull belongs to an alien life form. Okay, so we already know aliens, ta-da. Right. And holds great psychic power, and that finding more skulls in Akator, or El Dorado, I guess, will grant the Soviets the advantage of psychic warfare. Uh-huh. But that's but it's still unproven. That's that's she believes that. Yeah. Right. It's not like. Well, I guess the Holy Grail was a belief too, and the Ark of the Covenant was a belief too. But that's, I don't know. That's somehow more believable to me. Well, and and here here's the thing, and I think this is where the the, I don't want to say the shark gets jumped, but it kind of gets jumped. It it takes it away from archaeology. He's no longer an archaeologist now. No, not really. No, because he's not—he's not uncovering ancient artifacts. This is a ship that crashed in the fifties. Yeah, this is—it's about that. It's about you know uh, an advanced race that has already mastered not just space 
travel, but interdimensional travel. That's not archaeology of ancient no ancient artifacts and beliefs and ways of life and whatever. No, and and you can't just say, well, all the different cultures knew about these aliens, and so they gave all their treasures to them, and then put all the treasures in one cave and say, archaeology. That's not how archaeology works. Well, that's what they do, right? They just kind of like, well, we're going to dumb down this whole series for you and say it was aliens all along. It's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. All right, so there are they, and they might as well have come out and said, I'm surprised they didn't, but, oh, the Ark of the Covenant was their, it was their power box to, it It made their toilets flush. And, yeah. But to us, it was a great holy artifact. And, you know, the, 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 Ugh, the Holy Grail was just like some guy out of some alien's lunchbox. But for yeah. us, it's an ancient, mysterious Christian artifact. Or, yeah, you know. and if you drink holy water, it lets you live forever. Yeah. They, yeah, he called it lunch break. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I'm thanks. really glad they didn't do that because there was enough in this movie that... They, they, but yet they kind of did. <laughs> well, should we get to the elephant in the room? Oh, there's a the second movie? one? Well, there's a second one, yeah. There's a lot in this movie. Okay. Um, but, I mean, come on. What famous phrase came out of this movie? Out of this movie? Yes. Come on, man. It's right at the beginning. Uh, nuke the fridge. Oh, nuke the fridge. Oh, God. Right. Now. Nuke the fridge. I did do research on this. And there is a uh, series, uh, it's now defunct series, called Real Physics. I think we've talked about this before. Ah, yes. R-E-E-L Physics. Two physicists go over what would actually happen in real life uh, for certain things in the movies. Uh, Could you flip a a truck like in The Dark Knight? Could you... um, uh, Is a helicarrier... Would that actually work like from the Avengers? And one of the ones they did was the fridge. Right. And using math and science and physics, they proved that, yes, he would survive in a lead-lined fridge. Um, it would. It's theoretically possible. It's also theoretically possible that uh, he would probably get uh, seriously injured due to bouncing around inside the fridge. Oh, yeah, the concussive force alone. Yeah. Uh, but not it's not theoretically possible that the uh, fridge would get blown away so fast through the wall um, that it um, outruns the vehicle that the Russians are driving. Oh, so it would not be theoretically possible to be blown outside of the blast area. Which actually makes it more worse because when he gets out of it, he's in he's closer to ground zero. Right. So Indiana Jones dies of radiation poisoning is how this Well, he probably dies of the of a broken neck, if anything. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he's not wearing a helmet or anything to yeah. stabilize his head. Yeah. So the whole nuke the fridge thing is Possible, not possible type thing. Um, Improbable, I guess. eh? Yeah. Huh. I think the the spiritual successor to that, uh, uh, the one I like to watch now is Film Theory. Film Theory, yes. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They recently did one that says that swinging around like Spider-Man would actually kill a person. 
Yes, yes, it would. Because your your body's not meant to do that all no. the time. <laughs> Superpowers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, MythBusters, of course, you can't really yeah. bring this up without talking about MythBusters, who do some of that stuff. They actually did a great one on Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade. The the uh, putting the pole through the motorcycle and see if what would happen. They oh, yeah? tried to get it. Yeah, yeah, they tried to get it to do that exact straight flip. Now them being coming from movie special effects houses. They knew how to recreate it, and they did. They did their own recreation. They knew exactly what to do, and they made it look the same. Right. But when they tried it in real experiments with a dummy on a bike being pulled behind a truck, they couldn't get it to flip. It would just, like, fall over and skid. Oh, okay. Yeah, just right. as an example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would catch in the thing, but then it just, psh, skid. Well, when, <laughs> so. I, when I first saw this movie in theaters and everyone came out with this nuke the fridge thing, that was that was the big deal out of this that this movie at the time. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. I mean, that, that kind of that, that's kind of come and gone. But you're right; it was such a big thing. But to me, I was like, "There's so many other things in this movie that you can pick on." Like, um, I mean, the apes on the vines. Yeah, yeah, the tar- yeah, the whole Tarzan thing. Uh, the red ants. That was a little ridiculous. Believable, oh. since it's the jungle, but a little yeah. ridiculous that they climbed up on top, on, on, on top of themselves, which they actually do, but I mean, yeah, you know. They get they get really high, and then you get Kate Blanchett with her killer, killer gams there. Yeah. It's the 50s, so I can say that. But here's my thing, is um, the professor is has looked into the eyes of the crystal skull, and he's gone crazy. And he's got the map on how to get back to where they need to be to return the head, correct? Elder, El Dorado, right? Right. So, and he has the, he's sort of the, he's sort of the, the verbal map of this mm-hmm. thing. And I said here, uh, it's a good thing the professor's prophecy both excluded and necessitated a wild drive through the jungle. <laughs> because suddenly... Suddenly they're in the they're in the river and he's like, "Okay, we're on target. Uh, just fall down these three waterfalls." Oh yeah, which how about that for nuke the fridge? Uh, yeah, thank you. And from what I could tell, and what you just told me, it was probably more likely to survive nuking the fridge than it would to survive three consecutive waterfalls in an open vehicle like that with no, with no seatbelts on, mind you. Exactly. Yeah. Just the fact that it <laughs> never flips over is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a cool. I like that truck. Like a, any amphibious vehicle is really cool to me. No, true. But like the Fido modern mechanics, but holy shit! Like I don't think they were built for that. <laughs> yeah. And when they got into the quicksand too, this is one thing that bothered me when I first watched the movie. Um, they get caught in the quicksand. He's like, "Quickly, go get a rope!" And I'm like, "Don't you have a whip?" Yeah. I don't know. Can you not reach it? Can you not pull your arm back up out of quicksand? What's well, going no, on there? But when they first get in it, they're only like ankles deep. Yeah, you're right. That should have been solved with get a stick and then he whips around the stick. Now pull. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> like, don't you have a whip? Like, See, okay, you're right. I didn't even notice it, but still, it's little things like that are just taking you right out of it. Like, Well, I mean, it's Indiana Jones. Like, he's famous for having the whip. Yeah. So it's, why it's doesn't true. he have the whip? I know, and, and and he's also famous for basically taking the easiest way out. Like, I know uh, I read the stories. It was filmed as a fluke, but like he had the he caught the flu while he was in Africa, and and, uh, and uh, 
the the scene where the swordsman shows up and he just fires his gun. Yeah. That was kind of him being like, I really don't feel like getting to a fight scene today. And he w- pulls out the gun and goes bang. Yeah. And they loved it. Yeah. And didn't he also refuse to do anything else too after that? Yeah. He's like, I got to go lie down. Yeah. <laughs> so like, there you go. It, that's your scene. <laughs> I got, yeah. I, I, like he'll, he'll, I'll do it one more time. So you get the sound they get the, the bang of the smoke, but that's about it. You know, but that's the thing. He takes the, like he can figure it the most direct way. Yeah. You know, like if there's ever a guy that means it when it says the, the, the best way out is in, okay, I'm going to follow him because that's Indiana Jones. But the, yeah, you're right. This should have been, oh, okay. And then let's fight while I'm pulling us out. Well, they're not even fighting. They're just running away at that point. Well, no, but they start arguing. She's trying to tell him that, that Mutt is oh, her yes, son, that's is true. His son that's true. right? Yeah, yeah. They're having that discussion. So I think that's the, you know, but let's, why don't you do that while she's on your back and you're trying to pull them both out or Mutt, Mutt has the other end of the whip and. Maybe yeah. he comedically lets go for a second. Yeah, and then and then he needs to get the snake, which you know, okay, they get a snake. Ah, the snakes. Yeah. Why does it have to be snakes? Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, like, and and they make the joke is like, well, what was there no rope? He's like, there's no Sears Roebuck around here, and I'm like, mm, okay, it's the fifties. Sears Roebuck, yeah. Sears Roebuck, okay. <laughs> um, so we find out that uh, I don't forget the guy's name. Um, the spy, the friend that's a spy. Oh yes, yes, the the Mac. Yes. Um. So Mac turns out at the beginning of the movie to be a double spy. He was CIA. Now he's working for the Ruskies. Yep. And then halfway through the movie, he turns on the Ruskies and says, no, man, I was a double spy. I was a triple agent. Uh, no, no. I, at that point, he's a double agent. Well, I guess, yeah, at that point. Well, he says he's a double agent. I thought you said he was a triple agent because he's CIA working for the Ruskies who's really working for the CIA. No, no, because at the end of the movie, he turns on Indiana Jones again. Oh, right. So <laughs> right? that makes him the triple agent, I guess. Makes him a quadruple agent at that point. But anyway. That's a quadruple agent, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so... Like, so he's already flip-flopped once. And now he says oh, he's back on your side. Do you trust him? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. Right? Like... Yeah, sorry, you already... You, you burned that bridge, man. When we got captured in, in the Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't trust yeah, him. So, I, and who walks around with a pocket full of transceivers, by the way? Thank you. 1950s homing trackers? Really? And he's got how many of them on him? He's got at least four. So wouldn't his pockets be bulging with the... Oh, never mind that, Indy. Those, <laughs> yeah. are, those are just me bollocks, you know, or whatever. Because <laughs> they're beeping. <laughs> and they're huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like nobody noticed things, and and the fact that they, okay, like really, nineteen fifties technology, and they have okay, maybe it's military grade, and they had higher things, whatever. But I do think they were comically huge, which it, I think it, was the point, right? It looked like lipstick. Uh, yes, it looked like no, printing no, no, lipstick. No. It reminded me of like a, a light you would put on the back of a boat. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that to yeah that you would put on like yeah exactly. So I think. <laughs> That's crazy. Um. Yeah. So at the beginning of the movie, the 
So was the crystal skull in the box at the beginning? And I think this is what we're getting at. Yes, that's the, the same one that they, the same one that they found in Area Fifty One. Right. So did the professor steal it, and then take it to Peru? Oh, that's right. So that was the second one that they were after. Or was there a second one? Oh gosh. I, again, this was kind of an impromptu session here, so I didn't have time to re rewatch the movie. Uh, let's see here. So Mac, yeah, Mac takes one because he's working for the Soviets and gives it to Spalko. And then Indiana Jones finds the second one. And then, uh, so Oxley found a crystal skull in Peru, suffered a, a, a mental breakdown, was kidnapped. Okay. Because Indiana Jones finds the crystal skull behind the knight or the conquistador. Right. So are there two skulls? Oh, was the one a fake? Was the first one... Well, that gets... the first one... That gets the crux of my next question. The one from Area 51, was that a fake? Well, that gets to the crux of my next question. Yeah. Because let's let's presume that the first one is a fake. Yeah. The way they find it, they would not be able to find it. Oh, yeah, the metal thing. The metal thing, right? So they empties out all of the, um, the gunpowder the and the shotgun shells. Yeah. And that's how he finds... The box because what it contains is very is highly magnetic. Now, would that have been just the skull, or would uh, the entire bone structure of the alien body been that? Again, we don't know. Right, you're right. We don't. Because they opened up the box, and I was like, "Oh, oh my God, it's a black thing." Well, the first one has to be real because how the hell would uh, Oxley have gotten into Area Fifty One? And removed his skull. The body's still rather mummified. Or not mummified, but like it's been preserved. And That's what Indiana Jones finds. He finds the mummified remains of the conquistador. No, no, this is it back at Area 51. Well, they find the, the alien body. They, yeah, but they don't say whether or not they get the head. No, they don't. It's not. It's not clear in the movie either. Yeah, so it's not clear in the movie what they what they actually find. They find the body, but not the head. So did Oxley break into Area Fifty One, snag the head, and then bring it to the Conquistador? Uh, maybe. They discover the skull at the grave with Jones' reasoning that Oxley had returned it there. That's what it says in the wiki. Okay, so maybe he broke. Yeah, maybe he broke into Area Fifty One, stole it. And took it back to and put it with the conquistador. Yeah, but that still doesn't explain how it's in a vacuum sealed, sealed up box. Yeah, in a metal box, in, surrounded in, surrounded by a crate, surrounded by a small army. Right, <laughs> but like, look and surrounded by other boxes. But hang yeah. on. So then they 
they they locate it and the magnetism is powerful enough to even draw gunpowder and shotgun shells from that Mm -hmm. right but then at the end of the movie when they're walking through the treasure room um all the gold coins are just kind of being dragged along yeah and i'm like did it lose its magnetism was the body more magnetic than the head Maybe all of it was maybe more magnetic. Maybe I don't know. And how is how is getting one head from Area Fifty One? I'm going to ask again. And returning to some other dude's body. Yeah, that I don't know. Or is there another skull out there? Or was he just trying to protect? And if he was trying to protect it, why? And why 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 put it behind the skull or behind the grave of a conquistador? Yeah. But he says that the Conquistador was looking for Akator as well. Right. So okay. he put it there. But But then was he gonna like I, I don't I, I don't I don't get it. I, I guess that's the big thing is there's no reason for for anybody to do anything of what they did in this movie. Well and there's another big problem, right? Like it, it was so much easier when everybody's chasing the same thing. There's the entertainment, right? You have your big MacGuffin. Yeah, the 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 Nazis want it. The Americans want it. Indiana Jones says it belongs in a museum. Repeat. That's fine. Yeah, because it works. Because all the rest of the stuff that fills in, we don't need to keep track of who what skull is where and who got it and why. Yeah, you know, either they have the thing what we're looking for, or we haven't yet found it, or we're looking for another clue to to get it. Like, this is the archaeology that we grew up with. Why? Why can't we do this again? Yeah. It's such a fun ride. We did it a couple of times. We really liked it. I, you know, I don't ride a ride two times and say, "Well, yeah, I guess I'll go on this shitty one." <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing is like, and, and that's what the good Indiana Jones movies do uh, is they take you on the ride, and that's why you have that map, that famous map scene where they travel. Uh, the sure. long line goes from thing to thing. It's kind of like a video game. You go to point A to go to point B to go to point yeah. C to finally get the thing to go to the end. Or, in a more highbrow sense, it's kind of like a good detective story. Yeah, You you go here, you get a clue, which leads you to there, to get another clue, which leads you to the next thing, and so on. Yeah, so But for it all to make sense, well, in order to be good, it needs to make sense, right? Like, in Last Crusade, when he went somewhere, it was because um, he was leading, unknowingly, the Nazis to it, or he was chasing the Nazis down. Yeah, I mean, there was the scene in the library where they talk about, you know, X marks the spot, and then it turns out that they just built a giant X right into the thing, into the library, which was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, and it ended up being like the Roman number 10. Yeah, and they always, you know, call back to a joke, X never marks the spot, and then he gets proven wrong. That's a funny joke. Yes, exactly. Because it all makes sense within the context of the Latin writing, et cetera, et cetera. But then the thing is, is like earlier on in the movie, he's, when he's back at the university, the Russians show up when he's first talking with Mutt, which somehow he gets off the train. I'm sure. Okay, so he gets off the train. Why um, not? And then they're talking in the bar, and the Russians come up, and then they're chasing the Russian. The Russians are chasing him through the university, and he goes through the library, and the Wilhelm scream for the guy that was standing there, which is looks really bad. A Wilhelm scream for someone who's being uh, run down by a motorcycle it doesn't fit. No, no. He's not falling off a precipice. Yeah. But once they lose the Russians, where do they go? 
Do you remember? Uh, they go back to Indy's place. They go back they need, to Indy's place. That's right. Yeah, they need to find a book that he was. But Mark, if you're being chased by the Russians, don't you think they know where you live? That the yeah, they were pretty good at that stuff back in the day. Like, <laughs> and wouldn't that be the first place they would look if they lost you? Wouldn't they have somebody already camped out there? Thank in case you. you. Ended up there. Thank you. This is pretty basic here. Like, oh yeah. Like, come on! Like, <laughs> get it together, guys. Yeah. Like, it doesn't take much here. Okay, it's an Indiana Jones movie. We'll accept very small things. Yeah. Okay. Just, just make it make sense. Well, okay, and so to me, what might be more fun is okay. He needs something. He needs a book out of his house. Why not send uh, um, Jim Broadbent, who plays another one of his school buddies, to kind of awkwardly like they could have had a fun little scene where he has to kind of awkwardly sneak past or or fool the Russians so he can get back into Indy's house and grab something for him surreptitiously. Or you just you go through the library, have him do the have him find a book at the library. Maybe he crashes into a a wall of books. And the one and he the, magically needs just falls into there, his lap. Sure, yeah, that that keeps it nice and tight. No, you're right. Instead of, uh, yeah. hey, hey, Professor Jones, who just crapped out on a motorcycle, um, I'm having trouble understanding this. And he's like, uh, read this particular book by this particular guy. And if you need to, be, if you want to be an archaeologist, get out of the library. And I'm like, why are we having this conversation? <laughs> this is ridiculous. We have KGB agents in our in our backyard. <laughs> You've already don't. driven through an anti-communist rally. Ha 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 ha. Which, why would... Okay. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> I think that the joke is that the Russians drive through an anti-communist rally. <laughs> okay, is this the, the Red Lives Don't Matter protest? Is that what this is? <laughs> Sorry, I went topical on that one. I apologize. Free, free the communists? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like... Oh, man. But then at the end of the movie, they're like, well, are they going into space? Or are they going into space between spaces? I'm like, what does that even mean? That's this... not my... That Yeah, that that's Ant-Man. Ant-Man was going through the space between spaces. Thank you. Like, this is an Indiana Jones movie. This isn't a, a movie about quantum physics. Yeah, this isn't interdimensional or whatever. Like, you and I are both amateur stand-ups. What's the first rule? Know your audience. Yes. Okay? <coughs> they didn't come here to see a space movie. No, they didn't. They didn't come here or, to see science fiction. Or, if they did, it's the 1950s, space is big enough. Yes. Keep it, rule two, keep it simple. Go to the moon. Keep your stories tight and on point and everyone gets the joke. Yeah. Have them be literal Martians. That's funnier, for one. Yeah. I mean, they were made to look like the old school Martians that we, you know, that, that we, that people claim kidnapped them. Sort of. Yeah. There, you Martian, whatever Pluto, whatever. Yeah, Neptunians, sure, sure. It, you know what? We're beyond your solar system. Yeah, go. We're never gonna get there, so fuck it. Like, you know, don't yeah. worry about it. Just don't worry about it. 
Just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, but the, the space <laughs> between spaces, that's Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, this And it's two hours, too. This is well, a not, long movie. Not to mention, until, uh, until Ant-Man, you never really... Never heard interdimensional be described that way. It's a, a alternate dimension means that other choices were made, which created other things. That's right. generally the accepted version of that right now. So this doesn't make sense. And to be fair, even people nowadays um, don't like Ant Man because of that. Because he went to the quasi space quasi like quark size. Yeah. Yeah. Qu- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He went too micro. Yeah. yeah. It's just something that some people can't handle, which I understand. I, I get it, but yeah, um, sure. And if you like that stuff, there's the Cosmo uh, Micronauts line for you. There you go. Go read those. Yeah, there you go. Uh, anything else in this movie? Um, uh, the sword fight on the back of the jeeps. That was a little ridiculous. Well, considering who was doing the fighting. Kate Blanchett and Shia LaBeouf, yeah. Does it consider, yeah, my, she carries around a sword all the time. He, he he somehow took fencing classes while he was in school. <laughs> yeah. The greaser, really? Yeah, yeah. Now, um, see if it if it was a switchblade, that's more fitting his style, right? Right. Yeah, and and the whole time, like he was straddling the like the. You're straddling the two cars, and mm-hmm. everything was coming in between. I was like, "Oh, please, something hit him in the nuts! Please, hit something hit him in the nuts!" And I believe you got your wish. Yeah, but it's not really focused on. They could have just played that more. Yeah, which still would have been bad. But well, and that's just a bad call for your footing. Like you pick one and go with it. Like <laughs> yeah. if you he, take, he hits the driver with the with the crystal skull, right? Because the driver's going to shoot him. And I'm like, yes, hit the driver with the valuable, rare, priceless crystal skull and not with your sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> I don't believe it was an actual, like, a broadsword or a longsword. So he could have whacked him over the head with it. It was just a fencing sword, right? Yeah, well, knocked knock the gun out of his hand. It was a rapier or something? Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah. You know, like, don't hit him with a thing that might, I don't know, fucking crack. I'll tell you what, and I can't believe I'm the one saying this. Let's let's do a little homage, uh, Skywalker, and chop his hand off, and uh, there you go. Then do then do your Wilhelm scream and have him fall off the truck. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I can't believe you're saying that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Luke, Lucas was involved in this. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is yeah. Um. So. Just a few things on this movie. Harrison Ford was adamant that he got to wield Indiana's famous whip. Uh, Paramount executives wanted the weapon to be computer-generated, but because of uh, new film safety rules. Uh, but the actor said that that, or Harrison Ford said that was ridiculous. I've been doing this for 40 years. Yeah, I've been doing this for 40 years. I think I know how to handle a whip, guys. Come yeah. on. I was handling whips before you were handling your own feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steven, Go whip yourself. <laughs> St- yeah, Steven Spielberg did not shoot the film in digital format. Um, uh, George Lucas approved of this, um, seeing that it looked, in his words, like it was shot three years after Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, uh, and you'd never know there was twenty years between shooting. Yeah, I take kind of, I, I, I take issue with that. Uh, I'm going to throw out um, the monkeys. The digi ants, the digi ants, 
and the aliens. And the big alien spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, just going to throw that out. That that thing belonged closer to the Death Star than it did our planet. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the only film in the franchise in which Indiana Jones does not fire a weapon. Oh, that's a good point. He never shoots a gun. I wonder what, if they that was on purpose or if that just that the story never really called for it. Knowing Hollywood these days, that's probably on pur- uh, on purpose. Ugh. They don't want to show the good guy firing a gun. Oh, fuck off. That's yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I agree. No, no, um, that, that's an in-house decision then because, you know, a lot of our good guys still fire weapons. Hell, Captain America shot a gun. Yep. Yep. I know. Uh, this is the only Indiana Jones film that does not receive any Oscar, uh, Oscar nominations. Yeah, that's about right. Yep. Except and, for poor, except for poor John Williams, but it wasn't really an indi- an, an original score. So. No, no. Um, and Natalie Portman, Scarlett Johansson, and Virginia Madsen were all rumored to play a part in the movie, uh, but of course didn't. So a little mm-hmm. bit of almost cast for you. Doesn't say who they were supposed to play, but they were originally supposed to be cast. Hmm. Maybe one of them was going to be the I, the new I love you girl with the eyelids. <laughs> oh gosh, maybe they were gonna have like Natalie Portman as a love interest for LeBeuf. Well, um as always on the show we try to find the real story behind the story, Mark. Uh or is it Indiana Jones and the cave of ideas that should have stayed buried? Yes. Yeah. The cave That's of, the only one I have. The the cave of wonder why not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The writing's on the wall in yeah. that cave. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I have it. Or is it proof that because Raiders and Crusade are the only two good indie movies, they belong in a museum? <laughs> a museum of modern art, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. Um, so that's going to about do it for Indiana Jones and the uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Is that not long enough? Jesus Christ. Yeah. What's the fifth one going to be? Indiana Jones and that place that you know that one time we went to and there was that guy who said the thing and then he told us to go over to the other place and then we would find that thing that we were looking for. Remember that? Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's gonna be a Indiana movie. Jones and the Englishman who went up a hill and came down the mountain. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be one hell of a movie poster. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, until then, I'm Sean Taylor. And I mean Mark. Join us next time when we'll review the story of Garfield. Uh, taking over, uh, taking ownership of a high-end luxury African resort. When you stay here, it'll never feel like Monday in Hotel Lasagna. Hotel Lasagna.